Hey, listeners, this is Marcia Epstein in Lawrence, Kansas. It is October 23rd, 2017. I get to record today with another international artist who works with lots of different people in lots of different places. So this is really exciting and fun. And I will qualify that this person is not only a writer. So you'll also have to make sure you check out some links to see his art. And as I say, to buy the books, because there are plenty of those with art by this person. And I'll also mention, and from my perspective, based on the way this sounds, it won't be really obvious, but we're actually recording from the middle of the United States to Sweden. And today my guest is Jana Carlson. Hey, Jana, welcome. Thank you so much, Marsha. What's up? Yeah, what's up in Lawrence, Kansas, other than colds, allergies, beautiful skies. Sounds Uh, great. Yeah, global warming means we have autumn leaves falling while we have spring flowers blooming. It's a little scary, but Uh pretty in a surrealistic kind of a way. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That kind of stuff is going on in the middle of the United States right now. Yeah. All right. Yes. So tell our listeners about you, a little bit about you, and then, you know, what it's like where you are. Uh, here in Linköping, Sweden, uh, fall has finally arrived. Uh, it's been a rainy day, <laughs> uh-huh. and uh, uh, as I as I said to you earlier, I've caught a real bad case of man cold here. So <laughs> if I'm breathing too heavily, it's not because I'm I'm a perv or a creep or something. <laughs> it's because I I am terribly sick, you know. <laughs> uh, well, well, we're a pair. Then it's probably a good thing we're not in the same room because. I know yeah. that I don't sound like I normally sound to me. I don't know how it is for listeners. So, and it's and I think it's funny that you mentioned breathing and, and that you're worried that that might get people to think you might be a perv because come on, oh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought that would uh, would even more <laughs> make it stronger. <laughs> So, so tell us a little bit, I mean, you, you obviously, and I mean, things I know about you, you do a lot of collaboration with poets, including a lot who are in the United States, a, a lot of work with Epic Rights Press, Wolfgang Carlson's, our, Carsten's our good friend um, up in Edmonton, near Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. You, you have books galore with other people. You have your own lovely small press. I won't use the words from your website, even though we could, because we could say whatever we want on the <laughs> on the air. But uh, you know, you you've got illustration. You do some writing. I mean, there's all this stuff that you're doing. So, so tell people a little bit about that stuff. Like, who who are you? <laughs> uh, well, it's like you said in the intro. I'm mainly an artist, but I write too, and. Uh, what can I say? I began drawing as a as a baby, pretty much. I think I think uh, my mom put a pen in my in my hand, and I never let go of it. So uh, yeah, and uh, it's been a lot of years. I only drew here in Sweden for different magazines and comic magazines. Uh-huh. But then then I came to a certain point where uh, nothing much happened anymore. So I faced uh, turned my face to the us and uh, started drawing socially oriented comics which led me to uh, collaborating with different street papers for the homeless in throughout the usa oh cool yes and after that i sent a random email uh, to many editors around the usa and uh, what finally stuck was that email I sent to Wolfgang in Canada, and he was very enthusiastic, and I got very <laughs> enthusiastic, and then began our collaboration. And uh, from then on, everything has gone very, very quick. <laughs> and I believe that was in 2012 or something. Oh, it's that recent? That's wild. Yes, it is. I think it was in 2012. Wow. So all this time you've been drawing, and I'm I'm interested, of course, too, and you said that you were doing work that ended up in street papers for people who are homeless in the U.S. How did that connection happen? I don't remember, really. 
Uh, I think it began with me uh, drawing mainly socially oriented comics in Sweden for different, uh, not only street papers, but also uh, left-wing magazines. Uh -huh. And then I got in contact with German and Slovenian magazines and I thought, hey, why not aim even higher across the sea? <laughs> and, uh -huh. and I think I found some website that had different lists, uh, had a list over different uh, street papers in the US. Uh -huh. And uh, yeah. That's amazing. And I, I took mean, my chances. Yeah. Yeah. And and there's been lots of rewards for lots of people to be able to have the power of your art accompany their words. I think that's yeah, and I also like the idea of these poor and homeless actually having a real work. They are actually uh, vending these on yes. the streets. Yeah. Um and making a difference. Yeah, in my community, there is that kind of a small uh, publication that people who, they're usually people who either are currently or have recently lived at the community shelter program here. Yeah. And so they they do send, excuse me, sell that newspaper um, in our downtown area. And, you know, it's always a great thing that people get to write for it. They get, you know, there might be poetry, articles, drawings, different things in there. And then they also earn some money with selling it, um, which yeah. is and a good thing. I believe there are there is one street paper for every state in the U.S. Yeah. I can't remember what the, what the street paper's name was in Kansas, but I think it basically every state has one street paper, at least one street cool. paper. That's very cool. That's very cool. Yeah. So you have this big interest in social issues. I mean, obviously that underlies a lot of what you were doing and still do. Tell me, I mean, I'm going to admit, I really don't know about Sweden in terms of what contemporary issues are. What kinds of things are going on in your home country that maybe part of what sparked you to take off in that kind of a political direction? Oh, I think it is just this uh, polarized situation in Sweden. Uh, things have gone very, uh, things have gone south very rapidly, <laughs> if I say so. Uh, the rich people are getting richer and the poor is getting poorer. Uh -huh. And we have a certain areas in Sweden that there's almost like no go zones. And um, yeah. Is, the economic situation that, isn't very good. Are you saying that has changed during your lifetime? Yeah, definitely. And I believe it was since we we joined the European community, the EU. Uh, it's been more and more capitalism and less social social uh, uh -huh. uh, uh, so, and as I yeah. Well, and as I hear that, I think about in the United States, I think some of us weren't as aware as we should have been to trends in our own country here, and that culminated in the last election and all the disasters that, you know, disasters in terms of decisions and verbiage comes out of the current administration. And then... I mean, looking at the world and hurricanes and earthquakes and fires and terrorism and mass shootings, yeah. and it seems that things have escalated in a variety of ways. Yeah, I agree. And I don't think it's only because we're getting older and more conservative, but I think it's in fact, it's getting worse, the situation. So it's not a positive progress. So how how is that? affecting your art at this point as at least from my perspective that sort of decline is is happening rapidly how, how is that yeah for you and your i don't know maybe i draw more funny stuff maybe okay. <laughs> to escape from it i don't know uh -huh. I, I really don't know <laughs> are you doing as much in the like with social issues in your art as you did at other times? No, actually not. I, I think I was more into that that kind of drawing earlier than I am now. Now I try to focus on on 
on funnier stuff, jokes, um, uh, simple cartoons, uh-huh. stuff like that. Uh-huh. And also the collaboration projects that I'm involved with. So let's hear some about that, some of the, some of the projects that you're involved with. Um, our yeah. listener, or who knows where, all over, some going to be familiar with some of the artists who you're working with. Some hopefully will go, oh, I need to check that out. You know, so so I'd like to, to create this opportunity for you to, to talk to us about some of the projects that you work with, some of the writers and publishers that you work with. Yes, I'd love to. Okay, and let's begin with the first book that was published this year. It was uh, a chapbook titled Soul Horror by the Missouri poet Victor Clevenger. Ah, Maybe I can read a poem. Yes, absolutely. Oh, yeah. uh, let's see. <laughs> I only have one hand available here because I'm on the <laughs> phone with the other. <laughs> yes. Okay, let's do yesterday. Yesterday, I had to tell him that I couldn't smoke weed with him anymore. And I felt bad for him, but I felt even worse for myself. Ah. And let's do another one, too. I'm not going to read too many here because then nobody want to buy the book. <laughs> <Here's one. laughs> you set water on fire with your fingertips and act surprised that I say, you fucking amaze me. Silly woman, burn me. I love that one. Yeah. So this is the chapbook Soul Horror uh, from Svenska Pash Press, my own little micro press. Uh-huh. And it's available on lulu.com. Yeah. Lulu's, for people who don't know it, another poet told me about this. Lulu.com is this great site for publishing and buying lots of different kinds of writing from lots of different people. Um, and, and I yeah. will say from my experience, Buying there, it works so smoothly. You, you send the order, and before you know it, you've got this amazing book. And in fact, one of the first book I got from Lulu is "Real as Rain." Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Congratulations, yeah. Marshall. It's a great book. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what you were just reading was from the book "Soul Whore by Victor Clavenger, who again is in the yes. middle of the United States. Okay. And yeah. so, yeah. How, how did you and Victor connect? Oh, I think that was through the mutual contact of uh, Wolfgang Karstens. Okay. Victor was yes, featured I recall it. in the Punk Chatbook series from last year, yeah. 2016. That's so right. That was how that happened. Very cool. Yes. Very cool. So there we've got and it's a great... Canada, United States, and Sweden all involved in the publication of this book. <laughs> Yeah, ah. <laughs> it's a globalized world. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Okay, I'm going to keep going here, Marsha, if you don't hey. mind. <laughs> okay, and then we have the book. I tried to uh, read them from the correct order as they were published here. I think it's Real as Rain by Epic Rights Press, yeah. where the second one that I was involved with came out. Yeah. And it's featuring poems by the great John Yambras, the legendarian. Yes. <laughs> and this is available through epicrights.org, epicrights.org, and also on Amazon. Okay, and I'm going to read a poem on, I think it's the, it's, yeah, it's the second poem in the book. And I love this one. I think it's kind of sums up my work too. A word to the wise. Never be afraid to piss off your readers. When you start worrying about what they think, then you might as well pack it in. <laughs> yeah. That is indeed wise. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> See if I can find... Sean's an amazing writer, a wonderful person. And, and I always think it's so interesting how there are all these different sides of everybody, you know? People might pick up some sense of, oh, he must be like this because he wrote this or he drew this or, you know, with all of you as artists. And, and there are all these different things that are part of you and, and these, these tenderness sides and, and these brass sides. And, you know, it just I, I love that. And with John, he, he also is this generous person who has made a commitment. And, and I know we can't all do this, but he's made a commitment to buy a new book each week 
You know, he's really yeah. great at exploring and supporting other writers, you know, and so it's like, so come on, listeners, you can each buy, let's say it's once a month, who knows, but, you know, to really get involved by supporting the work of artists, um, by buy those things, you know, chapbooks are not going to be expensive. I always say, you know, give up your fancy coffee drink for one day, for two days, you could buy a book, you know, that kind of thing. I totally agree. So, a chat, yeah. a chapbook doesn't often cost more than coffee money. Right. And right. it lasts longer. <laughs> it's wonderful, yeah. Also, I think so, everybody should own a book by John Yarmus. He's, he's one of those genuine feel-good poets out there, even when he, when he writes poems about death or grief. Yeah, yeah. He writes Which a feel-good poem. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's, that's and I know, I, I always think about Wolfgang Karstens and, and that emphasis on, you know, real life, real living, and yeah, we're all going to die, you know, so live, you know? That's the yeah, let's make the best of it, meanwhile. Yeah. So okay. You got us to book one, book two. What came next from Svenska Pache? Uh, from Svenska Pache, come. Okay, I'm starting to speak Swedish here. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, it was Racing the Dead, our uh -huh. second volume in the Dead trilogy, mine and Wolfgang's. And as you already mentioned, me and Wolfgang, we are friends since a couple of years ago. I consider him as my brother, and it's always a big pleasure to be working with him. And I actually had a little commu communication with him before we went live here. Ah. And, and he was sorry that he, he would miss the show right now because he was going to work, but he would listen to it later on. Yeah. <laughs> and we... We also planned the uh, third third part of the trilogy, which will uh, be Becoming the Dead. Okay, but here's from Raising the Dead, and it's Svenska Pash Press, and it's available on Lulu too. And this is actually my favorite poem by Wolfgang. It's called Margaret. Margaret was eight years old when she died. It was mid-January, and the ground was too frozen to bury her. So her father put her in the cellar until spring. Her mother spent every night that winter among the preserves, talking to Margaret, stroking her hair, searching for the words that would raise the dead. Oh, wow. That is a powerful poem. It's very powerful, you know, and, and I think about all, that also in the context, Wolfgang is a, is a father, you are a father, I am a mother, you know, that that connection with our children is so powerful. Yeah. What, what a beautiful yeah. poem. Wow. And this is also included in Wolfgang's chapbook, The Abyss Cases also. Uh, and that one is from Epicrise Press. Maybe I can read another one here. When we were speaking yeah. about John Yammers, and here's a poem for John Yammers. I think this is a really great one. <laughs> Okay, here we go. For John Yamras, I was driving home with a perfect ending to a poem. I even pulled over and wrote it down in my notebook. The perfect ending. By the time I'd gotten home, Yamras had already beaten me to the punch. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> That's great. Those guys That's love you. Yeah. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Okay, and, and then the the latest book that's been published was by Lamox Press, uh -huh. and it's a collaboration with Rob Plath, yeah. the madman from New York. Yeah. And that man is a pure genius. He hasn't yeah. written any bad poem at all. Everything he touches turns to gold. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to do two poems here because he always writes very brief, short ones. So two Dear Universe poems from the book In Rot We Trust, uh, published by Lamox Press. Dear Universe, your silver linings are all shit stained. End of that one. Dear Universe, cheers for all the fucking holes. There's not much left for you to stab. Wow. Yeah, that's See? powerful. 
And here's another one. My soul full of holes, the big heartedness of, of my spleen compensates for it. Ooh. That's dark humor. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I, I, have to, I have to take one more here. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. <laughs> this one. Look past the teeth of a beaming smile. There's an eternal lump in the throat. Oh. Okay, amazing. I'm done. <laughs> Well, I just want to say, just coincidentally, I was talking to Rob last night, and, and it's okay. like he's, he does this all this teaching, and he's this amazing person in his students' life because he's open to talking about what they need to talk about. You know, there's no subject that's off the table, and so we were talking about some things that have come up with some of his students, and he knows, you know, my my work and in terms of, I work a lot with helping people be safer from suicide and people who yeah. are bereaved by suicide and other things. And so, you know, we're talking about what he's doing and and I am so impressed and, and appreciative that these students have him in their lives, you know? Because yeah. you don't always have people that you can say things to that need to be said. You know, and then then we're changing subjects and talking about pit bulls because he helps with the pit bull rescue program in his area. And, you know, and just, he does all these amazing things and writes and writes and writes. And for people who don't know much about his work, you know, you can find several things from several presses. You know, uh, Yana, you have published him from Spensk Apache and then... Um, Wolfgang Karstens in um, Epic Rights Press and um, Artie Armstrong in uh, Lummox Press and and Rob is on Twitter. You can follow him there. See some of the things that are coming out right now that he's doing. Some the kinds of writing. He's very generous. But again, I say buy the books. And, and yeah. I want to. Just ask you um, just this little trivia question. So tell me about the name of your your press. What is what oh. is that? The meaning of the name of your press? Oh, I feared you would ask me that. <laughs> I, can, I can't really give you a good answer there okay. <laughs> because it's very complicated. And maybe I could could make it very simple and say I, I can relate to the Apache Indians. <laughs> okay. And maybe that would be fine. Otherwise, it would be too complicated to try and explain why okay. my press is called. <laughs> but is that word, that second word, related to Apache Indians and your experience? Oh, Svensk. Yeah, Svensk means Swedish. So it's Swedish Apache press. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay. Because I came first... to think of it. You, when you mentioned Rob earlier, <laughs> I I thought about this, he him teaching and stuff, and I think yeah. it's... Like you said, uh, we're to be grateful of the students who has him as a teacher. Yeah. Uh, I think he has this way of using his writing as a as a way to escape uh, the darkness and depression. And I think that's why many of us think he's he's such such a genius because he kind of puts the finger on the dark emotions in man yes. and uh, uses it as an escape. Yeah. Uh, means yeah wonderful 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 so so you're you're doing this press which i now will just remember that it really is apache is how we say it in american english as yeah. part of the name when i first saw it i thought well maybe um maybe it's just a coincidence that it looks like that word you know so mm. that's why <laughs> no, it's the native Indian word. All right. <laughs> you were right. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. So so far you've said and and read some about John Yamris, Victor Clevenger, Wolfgang Karstens, Rob Plath. Those are powerful writers. That's very wonderful. Yeah. They are. Yeah. And and I know, although those are all men. There is also the wonderful Ali Melanenko, who was part of the 2016 um, Punk Chap book series. 
So I know that yeah. the illustration is on the front of at least one of her chapbooks. Yes, and there are yeah. several women I've collaborated with, like Jenny Santellano from Chicago and Linda Papineau-Couture from Edmonton, too. She lives uh -huh. close to Wolfgang. Uh, it's just I had to narrow, narrow it down here because uh -huh. I collaborate with such so many persons. So I thought, okay, these people I've collaborated with on more than one project okay i'm, I'm gonna include them <laughs> all right very good very good but i forgot jj campbell so i'm gonna write a, oh, <laughs> read a poem from him too if that's yeah. okay yeah <laughs> okay this is a little voice jj campbell and i by the way we haven't um we haven't uh, collaborated on a book project yet except for the svenska Pasha anthology the bones of nirvana we We've been close several times <laughs> on different publishers, <laughs> but hopefully we'll we'll get one one out very soon. Uh -huh. Actually, JJ and I, JJ was the first American poet I started collaborating with, and I I love his work. He's an excellent writer. Okay, this is a little voice. I don't remember what book this is from. It might be from Sophisticated White Trash. And if it's on that book, it's available from, let's see, what's the name? Interior Noise Press. Okay, a little voice. I've had a headache for the last four days. A little voice inside of me tells me it's a tumor. The same little voice that assured me I'd be better off by not going to college. The same little voice that swears she's the one. Although when pressed, she doesn't have a name. The little voice that scolds me for feeling lonely. The same little voice that tells me right before I fall asleep each night that my father never loved me. I've had a splitting headache for the last four days. A little voice tells me it's a tumor. The same little voice I try to drown in alcohol every damn chance I get. Ooh. Yeah, man, that poem is to me so universal. So, yeah. so many. That, that whole idea about, man, we hear these things, we believe these things, people have said this shit to us and we believe it about ourselves. And unfortunately, yeah. alcohol is, is a buffer and there are ways of also working on getting those thoughts identified as truly fake news, you know? Yeah. Man, man, oh man, it's damaging when, and, and we all have those things. We yeah. have those reactions. We're going into a situation, and our first thought is something like, you know, people are going to think I don't belong here or whatever it is, you know, and it's based on some stupid thing somebody said to us that we've taken as truth, and it's not. Yeah. That poem that you just It's said. a universal common feeling that's about yeah. exclusion and alienation. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Well, uh, and you do, I mean, you have illustrations. So these people that you're reading from, you, you have collaboration projects with your illustrations and their words, right? Yes, yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And, and mostly you draw as opposed to also writing, but you do some writing as well, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh -huh. But often it starts, and, it starts with, a, with a drawing and then... The poem so it's very rarely i i write a poem first and then draw what do you draw on draw with how do you how do you actually do your drawing at this point i use common ink pens uh -huh. sometimes pencils and the cheap the cheapest paper i can get my hands on actually that looks good when you're when scanned uh -huh. so I've, I've always been one a person who uh, I'm not really interested in the techniques. I'm not really interested in materials. I use what I what I think feels right to use and looks nice. And I wouldn't I wouldn't spend much money on on drawing materials because I draw all the time. I would be ruined if I if uh -huh. I did. <laughs> so and you said you draw all the time. It it, it brings me to uh, a way of what I know has described it. She said it's like a hose and when the hose gets twisted, mm -hmm. the water can't come out and then when you untwist it, it just 
dreams out so fast and powerful. And she said, that's, that's the way writing is for her. Yeah, but that's not the way it is for me because my host is always on. <laughs> I, I don't have to look for inspiration. It's more like a compulsive uh, thing ah. for me. If I don't draw, I go crazy and I start drinking more. And uh, I, need, I need to do it. And that's uh-huh. probably why I told you this uh, earlier about Rob Laff. I feel that he's... Is using his writing as an escape, way, a way to escape, and it's the same way for me. Uh-huh. Uh, I can I can get lost, uh, sort of get lost in my drawing, uh-huh. and well, it's a it's a good escape. It's a healthy method, one, and it's a yeah it's healthy that also benefits other people. I mean, you you put added hopefully. <laughs> Well, but you put added emphasis on other people's works by having your drawings with their words. Yeah. Yeah. So how does that fit with real life? You you have people in your life. You have a job. How, do, how does drawing come out and fit with, with the other parts of your life? Uh, could you rephrase the question? I don't really understand. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm wondering since drawing is something that there's so much art. Ah, okay. I understand now. Okay. Sorry. Okay. I understand. Oh. Yeah, but it's, uh, it's not a problem because uh, usually, as like when I'm getting home from work, whenever I do work, day jobs, I might sit down for a minute make food, sit down and eat. And then when I'm starting to get restless or something, I sit down and I start drawing. Sometimes I sit and draw in front of the TV. Sometimes I lie in bed and draw. So it's, it's kind of like it's, it's a normal... I don't know how to express it, really. Well, it, does, the, it never takes time. Okay. But, and one of the things that I wonder is... As a, a specific question, do you encourage other people? Like you, you have shared in your bio that you you do some uh, work with people who are in some mental health care. Do you encourage them to write and draw, and you know those creative things that can be great ways to express some of what's inside? yes. Yeah, I've used it as a teaching method because uh, apart from uh, being in the psych- psychiatric health care, I've also teached uh, children since I think it's 2006 or something. So I go out to, to schools and museums and libraries, stuff like that, and I have workshops in drawing. Uh-huh. But I've, I've also worked as a teacher's aide, and then I used my drawing as a teaching method uh, in ways of, you know, uh, drawing abstract motives just to get the mind to rest uh-huh. and to focus focus more. It's like when I, w- I remember when I was young, and I think this goes for many people, when you sit down and, and like McDoodles and sketches, you kind of like, it, it's, you learn to focus more on what's been being said and you know yeah and and i think we misinterpret that sometimes that for some people that act of doodling as you were saying or a coloring page or whatever kind of art that they can create is a way for them to focus on what they're hearing as opposed to being totally uninvolved and that we we have to recognize that when we work with people that sometimes those things are helping the person absorb what they need to hear you know it's it's yes we all have different learning techniques yeah yeah yeah. so i i do feel compelled to ask you yana um do you have some different types of art that you use with younger kids in terms of 
pictures. I'm just saying. Yeah. Ask somebody for little kids. Just You're wondering. a bit worried now, aren't you, Masha? <laughs> yeah. I do use a different kind of art with the children. All right. All right. Jenna yeah. does have discretion, okay, folks? Don't be worried yeah. about this. <laughs> you know, I, you know I, used, I used to draw portraits of dogs and cats. <laughs> but that was years before. Yeah. <laughs> Well, but your portraits of dogs would be perfect with Johnny Amorous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would. <laughs> no, with the children, it's actually, we just, uh, we start we start with drawing with our eyes shut oh. and just draw random shapes and then uh-huh. continue and let those shapes develop. Uh-huh. And you can do you can do a whole lot with just beginning with a shape. Uh-huh. So it's it's pretty much the you know the joy of creating the happiness uh-huh. of creating something, yeah. put something on a paper that wasn't there from the beginning. Yeah. So it's, it's not it's not like that you have to make a fine fine and nice beautiful drawing from the start. It's really you have to feel that you're you're capable of drawing something, you're capable of creating something, and also you can feel better uh, mentally when you're creating something. Yeah, Yeah. and see, to me, that is so important. And we were praising Rob earlier about his teaching, and I'm going to say the same things about you. People are, are lucky to have the experience of someone like you who is wanting them to experience this joy and this accomplishment, this like, yes, you can create and it's a good thing. And it doesn't have to look like this other person's stuff. It's you and it's beautiful because I think about, you know, when I was in school, I didn't get turned on to poetry, art, anything that felt like I was being presented with it as a rigid thing. It is this way. This yeah. is how you do this. Yeah, I understand. Is, yeah, yeah. And we need it's kind of like this. what what John Yamros means when he say when he talks about the academic poetry. I think that discourages people from writing poetry. Uh-huh. And that's that's a disgusting form of poetry, actually. <laughs> <laughs> we need, no, it everything, we need. Ev- all about art has to come from the heart. Actually, yes. it has to be you. And like you said, uh, you can't compare yourself to other. Can't compare your art to other people. It's just um, getting out what's inside you that really matters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it matters in so many ways. You know, I. This is what drew me to artists several years ago when I I kind of (laughs) slowed down and got more aware of art that was happening in my own community. And and I realized as I started talking to artists as well as seeing their work, performances of different kinds, whatever, um, I, I started hearing people talk about what creating art meant to them personally and also what it meant when they shared that art publicly in some way, you know, and, and had people react to it, that that it seems to me that, at least at this point, all of the artists of whatever medium, what dancers, actors, musicians, painters, sculptors, writers of different genres who I've talked to, they've, they've all had in common that there was part of their own experience that was getting processed and clarified for them. Uh So the creation of that art, that dance piece, that painting, that poem, whatever it was, the creation of that was a huge benefit to them personally. Yeah. And then when they chose and, and shared it with other people who said, man, you know, that's me too. Thank you. That it's that whole other level of, yeah, there are lots of people with lots of unsaid things that are really important to them. And when they experience through someone's art that it's a shared experience and somebody else is is able to live with that, that's a huge way to really 
believe in yourself that you can be a good person, a worthwhile person, and have this variety of experiences and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, man. Wise words. Yeah. And also, I feel that almost everything we do is art. I mean, a chef could be making art with his cooking, and a, a nurse could be making art with her nursery. You know, everything, everything you do when you put your own soul into it is art. Yes. And you put yes. your own personal touch into it, and it lives on. Okay, it's a different thing when you make when you when you publish books. Okay, the book will live on after I'm dead. But on the other hand, the nurse's deeds lives on too. Yeah. After he or she is dead. Yeah. So everything everything we do from the heart or soul is pretty much art in my yeah. way of seeing it. I love that. I love that. And I and I've had those experiences doing something that I really focused on and put myself into and and had people comment you know a, a wacky example was when our son was playing baseball the parents were assigned a, a day to create a huge pile of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for kids and coaches to eat between two games and, and the day that I did that Instead of being annoyed that I had to make 50 sandwiches or whatever, I just just relaxed into it and just kind of focused on doing it and enjoyed it. And afterwards, my son says, Mom, what did you do to the sandwiches? And I was like, uh, what, what do you mean? And he said, everybody said they were the best they'd ever eaten. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Those were Marsha Epstein sandwiches. (laughs) (laughs) Therefore, they were delicious. (laughs) If you had tried making other other person's sandwiches, they wouldn't have been delicious. (laughs) It has to. It has to be your own. (laughs) That's right. Do it your way. Do it your way. Yeah. Yeah. And for you, okay. Do you yeah. maybe no. you want me to read some poems I've written myself? <laughs> Wonderful. Um, I found two poems here from Dead Snakes, the online publication. Unfortunately, it's uh, offline now. I think uh, these are two poems uh, from a relationship I was in. Oh God, it must be 20 years ago. That's why they're safe to read now, I feel. (laughs) My girlfriend, my girlfriend stared at me screaming. You are disgusting. I saw your drawings, Jana. You are a fucking perv. Then she fled the apartment, slamming the door. One week later, she cheated on me with my best friend. Disgusting, fucking disgusting. Yes. Okay, here's another one. I came home after work and my girlfriend greeted me in the hallway. She looked hideous, like a witch. What the hell is this, I asked. Not in a rude way, mark my words. Fuck you, she screamed, left my apartment and slammed the door shut. Apparently she'd been shoving makeup on her face all day to look good for me. Didn't work, baby, didn't work. (laughs) <laughs> okay, those were not feel-good poems. <laughs> <It's another one. laughs> I had to take the edge of everything. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yes, here's a new one. I actually, I actually wrote this. I think two, two or three days ago, and that's a that's an illustration for this one. It's called Divine Wind. One last ceremonial shot of liquor, clutching the wind the divine wind, all engines running, every heart's pumping, preparing for the plunging, nose diving into nothingness. Wow. And now I want to read a poem from The Art of Vomit 
by Epic Rights Press. <laughs> Just to, to lighten things up there a little bit. <laughs> Dear Jägermeister producers, you seriously have got to start giving me discounts on your products. See, I'm not merely an alcoholic. I'm an artist too. And your nectar ain't cheap, that's for damn sure. Do you have any fucking clue how important oblivion is for an artist? Let's see. All great art comes from people who suffer while their livers are on fire. And Yana continues with the theme of alcoholism and artists. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> oh, this is my favorite book. Okay, I'm going to read the last one from it. Uh, and I need all of you to actually purchase this book from Epic Rights Press and support Wolfgang Karstens. It's titled The Art of Amits, epicrights.org. Some say Californians in Fandel is for pussies and sissy artists who can't hold booze. I say it gets the job done pretty damn good. <laughs> so what makes that your favorite? I don't know. I think it has, it has uh, pretty good punchlines here. And I remember me and Wolfgang, we, we used to laugh a lot while I was, I was drawing these stuff. Uh -huh. And uh, the thing I love about Wolfgang is he shares the same humor. Yes, I. yes. So we're having a lot of fun while we're communicating. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And, and so it it's was... kind of like a, this chapbook is kind of like a like a photograph of that time when me and Wolfgang created this book. So, yeah, um, it's a funny book and it was was very very funny and amusing to draw it, draw the pictures too. Uh huh. So, did you do some of that like connected through video call or something like that? Like, were you kind of together in that sort of a way? No, no, it's not a. That book is not a collaboration piece. It was oh. more like, I, I emailed him the stuff I had done, and he 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 gave me feedback on it. Okay. And I understand I was on the right track, so I just kept going and going and going, and and Wolfgang liked it, and okay, okay. <laughs> and so on. All right, and it and it also okay. back to when you you made that decision to expand your countries of contact and and sent out to a bunch of different presses and and you and and Wolfgang realized you were you were meant to be brothers and so maybe but I think this book it it was out in 2015 so we we had known each other for some years uh -huh. <laughs> by then. So it's more like, a, I think, more like, a, a, oh, I'm losing the words here, Marsha. I'm sorry. You are. Can we do this in Swedish English. instead? <laughs> yeah, I think you should speak Swedish and then have us think, okay, can you believe this person has been carrying on this conversation in English? Because I have no idea about Swedish, but I understand everything he's saying in English. And somehow he understands what's being, you know, it's that that to me is amazing. So well, you know, in, in my mind, I'm the world's best <laughs> English speaker. But as long as far as soon as I'm on the phone, I I, I don't speak English anymore. <laughs> You're doing amazing. And as somebody who long ago studied French and a couple other languages, phone anything other than, I mean, reading is obviously easier, but uh, in yeah. another language, but to be, to not be in the room with the person to, and trying to speak that other language is so much more difficult. So I, I am in awe of your English skills and a bit curious that so many people I met who learned English have what I would identify as an accent from Great Britain which is not what you sound like. And I'm not sure if Swedish is taught different, I mean, excuse me, if English is taught differently in Sweden, but it's, you know, it's, not, I mean, not, not, what I hear is that your English is affected by the way that 
in your native language sounds are made, but but you don't have what to me is kind of the stereotypical Great Britain. Yeah, English. but that's correct because I think that nowadays in schools they teach American English rather than oh. uh, British English. But when I uh, when I went to school, we learned the British English like dance, chance, uh-huh. <laughs> and that you know. <laughs> So you even had to learn two versions of English, British and American. I, I, didn't, I didn't really have to learn because, you know, Sweden is very Americanized. Okay. Uh, I would say like 80% of the films and the shows in Swedish TV are from America. And if you go through the news feeds uh, here in Sweden, you find almost, I mean, th- there are news about Trump and, and American actors and that stuff you know so so uh, sweden is kind of like another american state i'd say (laughs) 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 kind of like that (laughs) we used to be called the last soviet states but now it's it's one one of the american states that's very interesting yeah yeah okay can i go on (laughs) i found another book here (laughs) this this book is from leaf garden press it's titled Embracing the Flames. Uh, let me see what year this is from. I think it's from 2014 or 15. Here's one. Uh, your voices. Your voices are shooting holes in my head. And I truly believe egomania is far more deadly than any live bullets. Ooh. That's That uh, is the poem for the United States right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, is that your poem? That's my poem, yes. Yeah. And this book is actually free. I think you can download it for free from Leaf Garden Press. Yeah. I'd say it's leafgardenpress.com, but you can also buy it in print. And uh, I think more more people really should support this guy, uh, Robert, at Leaf Garden Press. He's doing a wonderful job. And he's a very, uh, what's the word, selfless, self, not selfish guy, <laughs> altruistic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. please support Leaf Garden Press. All right. Now, Marsha, I found <laughs> The Human and Kind by Epic, from Epic Rights Press. This was my first full-length a poetry collection with illustrations. And I'd like to read the poem Perfect Hideaway. Deliverance doesn't come easy when you're trapped within yourself. I guess we're all searching for the perfect hideaway. Yeah. Wow. And the last poem I, w- I am going to read this night or day <laughs> is for my dad. And it's also from the human un- Humankind from Epic Rights Press. For dad, on the day of his funeral, one of the relatives said, your dad was never much of a swimmer. Well, that might be true. I guess 10 beer and a fistful of pills don't make a good life preserver either. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, that's dedicated to old dad. Yeah. And and I'm not going to assume that somebody said exactly that to you, but I will guess that people said equally insensitive things to you. No, but it wasn't insensitive. And uh, she did actually say this, but I, I didn't take it ah. as an offense or something. But I, I did not I did not respond that way. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just thought it. Uh, yeah. It was in my mind. Yeah. I thought while she was saying it, hey, that's a good poem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that was in back in 2003. Mm, yeah. <gasps> My mom died in 2003 of a drug uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Wow. <gasps> okay. And there used to be an American show that's, that was called Kids Say mm-hmm. the Darndest Things. Yeah, by Bill Cosby, right? Uh, no, uh-huh. not that. This is a way old show. I don't even know why uh-huh. I know this because it's not like I have an image of it, but I've probably heard references to it. A man named Art Link, Art Linkletter. That's who I think was had this show. 
But what I was thinking is adults say these things too that sometimes take us aback, you know, that's wow, wow, wow. You thought that was helpful? No, that was not helpful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that's what I was, that's why I responded as I did to your. Yeah, I understand. I understand. In, yeah. in, in, the, in the bereavement group that I do, sometimes we declare a chunk of time as we call it asshole time and share <laughs> some of the stories of things people have said and done that were so ridiculous as why would anybody think it was okay to say or do this related to somebody who is bereaved. Anyway, so you have, you have that gift of writing that to me is the Epic Rights Press real. This is stuff. This is life. Talk about it. Get it out. Punch, you know, these these things that even though drawing is your your art of most preference, you you also have those words. Uh, wonderful to hear, you know, both your sharing of poets who you've collaborated with as well as your own work, Jenna. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, I'm honored to be part of this. <laughs> yeah, and, and I imagine this long, you know, who knows what comes in the future with not only the poets who you're currently working with at times, but also additional people and more art, more art, more art. Do you plan to do some that's your art and your words, or does that just happen at the right time? It happens at the right time, uh-huh. actually. Oh, and Marsha, I almost uh-huh. forgot her. While we were in the beginning talking about uh, the books published in 2017, uh-huh. I almost forgot the book that is planned on publishing this winter, and it's titled Killing Our Saints, and it's um, a collaboration with Scott Wozniak, uh, who who was on your show some yeah. weeks ago, wasn't he? Yeah. 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 So that. That's the planned release from Svenska Pasht through Lulu too. Killing Our Saints by Scott Wozniak. So that'll come out still in 2017? There's yes, in uh, hope, hopefully during November or early December. Okay. I'm, I'm a master of procrastination, so <laughs> hopefully it will be out in by early December. <laughs> That's... I, I don't know how you could say that you're a procrastinator when my sense is that you're pretty much constantly in motion with pen, pencil, paper, you know? Yeah, but you do. There are, there, are, there are so many things that's soul-killing about publishing. It's this mm-hmm. sitting by the computer, packing the files together, uh, doing computer stuff i hate it (laughs) so that's why i I procrastinate all the time because i know it's going to take me like five hours maybe maybe a whole day just to to get it into a book that's actually published through lulu i'm a i'm not a savvy person (laughs) when it comes to tech uh, well, I don't know, but it's it's wonderful that you're doing that. And this comes to my surprise that we are actually at the end of this hour. It has okay gone by so quickly. Ah. <laughs> so we will have some of your art on the Facebook page, Talk With Me, with the announcement of this show so people can take some glimpses. They can find you online, and I'll say it in American, J-A-N-N-E-K-A-R-L-S-S-O-N. Search that. You're going to find the page for the press. You'll find the blog. You'll find lots of examples of Yana's work. Wonderful stuff. Wonderful, wonderful stuff. And I encourage people to look at the work of authors who have been whose work has been shared this time you can start with epic rights press you you know 
Victor Clevenger, John Yamras, Wolfgang Karstens, Rob Plath, J.J. Campbell. I think I'm forgetting somebody in addition to Jana Carlson. Um, find this work. Buy some of the work. Do not only look at it online. There's awesome stuff. And how cool is it when you actually have it, especially after you've heard Jana read from this work? You hear his voice and these words. And so I encourage listeners, as always, experience poetry by also buying the book and buy it as close as you can to the source. Yeah. Um, that means buy in from the artists, buy in from the small presses, whatever possible, before you hit to that big A word online. Ask your local independent bookstore if they can get it. I just nudged two of my local independent bookstores to buy the punk chapbook series and have copies of those books available, you know, um, things like that. Have people do it. Yana Carlson, thank you so much for joining Thank us. you, Marsha. Thank you for having me. This has been a blast. Listeners, I know <laughs> you enjoyed it as much as we did. And again, go out and enjoy the art and buy some books. Just coffee money. So long, Doris. Yes.